0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Final episode of the series, chaps. Mark Ward. Being emotional.
2: It oh, has, man, shattered it? me. You look <laughs> at... I need, a, I need a rest. I need a rest from all this. But
0: <laughs> well, we've still got the Patreons, so don't rest oh, too much. Oh,
2: no, obviously. I... Keep your phone on. Not one for blowing uh, his own trumpet, but... It's been a bloody good series again, hasn't it? We seem to say see it after every series. We're not going to top this one. End, though, we're not going to top this
0: one, lads. It has been a good one. Do you think, think we know so we're doing? Self-praise is no praise.
2: Exactly. Well, I, I'm going to praise you then. You've been good. Yeah. You've been brilliant. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much. You've been all right, Marty. Well done, mate. Nope. <laughs> nope. Coming back? Or, <laughs> eh? <laughs> set a oh, fucking moron. <laughs> What's happening?
0: That's the phone, that. That's another podcast just ringing for me now. (laughs) (laughs) They won't be on their podcast, so it's up to you. It's entirely up to you. (laughs) No, but thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring this episode, and they've got uh, a special offer, once again, for the Under the Caution listeners and viewers. And get this, Father's Day around the corner. Father's Day. I know exactly what you're going to say, Chris. Around the corner, and nothing. Says, I love you more, Dad then a special package to trim your balls. I'm sure you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> there you so go, Father.
2: It's almost Father's Day and Mother's Day rolling to yeah, one. Isn't it? Exactly. I'll say your mother choke on exactly. them and all. Exactly.
0: Well, you can get the performance package, which is the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped, the best body and her trimmer on the market uh, from Manscaped. It offers precision engineered tools for the family jewels, and you can get 20% off and free shipping. When you use the code cost 20 And you won't,
2: you won't regret it. Are
0: you still happy with yours, John? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, well, I'm happy with my shaving. I'm still not happy with my penis. <laughs> no. But I've not been happy with that I'm for... I'm never going to be happy with that, I've not we? been happy with that for 20, 30 years, We've really. it been short Do yeah. you think
0: your dad would be happy with it as a Father's Day present?
2: Yeah, I think he would. I'm not too sure if... Uh my mum and dad are still at it or not
0: <laughs> <laughs> but still,
2: <laughs> like yeah. you, of course they are. I like to think that 76 is 76, he's only his one wood up, bless him. They never stop growing either, do they? No,
0: because apparently, is it the ears, nose, and balls never stop? Is that right? No
2: growing. wonder he's got I that think. wheel, no wonder he's after that wheelbarrow as well as his manscape for, <laughs> for his birthday. It's for comfort as well, though, isn't it? A, it sits in the box, are lovely, yes, when you're shaving it.
0: Yeah, do your pubes but go gray?
2: Mine are. I, found, I found a couple of they, there. Are they? Yeah, oh, I'm it's a sad there, John. Because
0: I'm due. I'm due a trim up. Well, if you didn't know, Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming and have launched the performance package, which is the perfect gift for your dad for Father's Day. The bundle, the old performance package, includes the Lawnmower 3.0, which we know, you know, trims up. Fantastic Precision engineering, kit. no nicks. Well, is it smooth. And, and you can do your back, your bottom, whatever you want with your it. You bottom. Don't have, you, don't, you, you don't just have to do your balls. No, you can do whatever you want with it. It's yours. This one's perfect for uh, for the for the dads and the granddads even. The the weed whacker because we know once you get a bit old, you, you know wiries ears,
2: nose. That's another thing that keeps on growing. Yeah. Nose hairs. I'm fucked, aren't I? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. you you look like what's that geezer called off, uh Lord of the Rings? When Gandalf. He, Gandalf. You look like Gandalf one that. Well, that's, that's <laughs> going out to I don't know what he looks like but <laughs> <laughs> He's got for a sure big old beard <laughs> there. Don't worry about
0: that <laughs> And not to forget the crop preservers which is the ball deodorant and the crop reviver which moves out the old balls which mm. I think if it's for the dads they maybe should chuck <clears> two <throat> of them in Do they still do the wipes? The d- oh ball
2: yeah This is a big one because when you get to when you get to our sort of age and you, 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 you're on the divorce list and that you know the circuit comes round doesn't it so you've got the divorced women then as well and 79% of partners, so I'm just saying women, admitted that long nose hair is a turn-off. Well, there you go. So you're right, I do get that. You're I all right, do see that. You're yeah. all right on your Tinder profile, aren't you? Like, smiling, you look smart, you've got your nice T-shirt, your nice jeans, and you've got hairs coming one, out of your water.
0: Just one long and with a bogey well, on yeah. end. Yeah. It's just ruined it.
2: So I used to pluck mine, but this piece of kit. doesn't off. even make my eyes water. Drain What do you used to pluck it with? The my finger ends. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. I, I was thinking more of, a, more of an industrial size, Black & Decker. demand you mind the fingers? So you can
0: get the performance package. If you get it now, you get two free gifts as well, which is the boxer shorts, which are lovely. Lovely With fit. A, oh, lovely superb they are. And a little travel bag, which is nice.
2: Put everything in, keep it away from the kids. Exactly. But if they want to start you. Exactly,
0: and... As viewers of Under the Cosh or oh, watchers, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code COST20. So all you're going to do is go to Manscape.com and enter the code COST20. Say, no, say no more, Chris. Say no get more. Get you 20% off. Final episode of the series. Looking, the, looking I know, It's
2: sad day, sad day, but we need us rest. There isn't even an R in it, is there? I know. I'm, just,
0: I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm sad, but you know, it's a short rest. We'll come back bigger and better. And
2: we are getting better. No, I'm going on the comments. No, I'm going on the comments that we're receiving recently. I've seen one that says, under the cost just keeps getting better. i tell you what, if it's a more, it'd be a fucking scandal. I don't think I read that one. Pull those pants down. <laughs> that is self praise, that. <laughs> if ever I
0: fucking heard it. <laughs> but, but, I mean, no, we've still got to do the, um, the Patreons, obviously. Oh, I Every other week. If you're missing, us. If you, if you're yeah, missing yeah. us, come on over. How long are we having off? Well, we've got, the, we've got some stuff yeah, for the Euros, hopefully. Maybe a couple of bonus <laughs> Euros podcasts, maybe. And do you fancy a free case yeah. of beer Well, that the summer's day, gentlemen? Crap, nice. We'll <laughs> be back for the start of the season. Yeah. August, <laughs> <laughs> for that that Summer's is it? August. day, gentlemen. Sign us up. Hey. But we'll have, oh, little little that, little, little, we'll have other little, stuff going on, maybe the way 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 in the meantime. Are we having two o'clock? No, because we've got euros and all that business, haven't we? So really, we're hardly having any time off. Yes. <laughs> is that the, is that
2: you know, we can't even get away, can we? But uh, if you fancy if
0: you do fancy the Patreon, you can uh, you can uh, join on www.org.com oh, www. yeah. right. on the website, can find it and all the live show tickets are and on The, the Manchester dates are out, and, the um, and there's more tickets Saturday for Cardiff on sale. Wow, it's all that yeah, The small room it's sold out We've That's been what been dreams are made of, Chris bumped up, big, oh, bumped up to the big room The small
2: right room up held 25 And everything. the big room was 48 <laughs> it's, it's
0: the really? one The echo room, Oh, yeah. that's good then The what room? Oh, thing oh fucking hell You know it we? We're going to go out on a bang round. Round. We've gone out on a bang, lads Oh, thank you
2: very much Right, I'm retiring Job done
0: Mark Watt for the final episode Well, I'll be
2: honest I didn't know enough to write it Our friends at Beer
0: 52 Have been in touch again And they've got a fabulous offer Interesting, Chris We've got, they're offering a case of summer hits featuring beer from some of the best small batch breweries in the world. as some. Across the world. Oh, good lad. To be beer, fair, all you got to do is go to, to be fair, in the be fair, on, room on room that story, two wrongs don't the make a right pop. for me. Put in the Your dad's a diving
2: pop. bastard. Put uh, put and and, and you can't be golfing.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking a discount, we're talking we're eight free beers, just about. pay the postage. Simple, simple as that. They haven't got the elevation up here, they long ago, have they,
2: Chris? <laughs> well, it come off the no pitch looking like it have been in a death. bukkake.
0: That's <laughs> my favourite. <laughs> It's overtaking. And and yeah, own story after football. It's a good topic. Well. <coughs>
2: you know, next, next oh, Talks about to well well it well, doesn't he? Let's just say, I, I, yeah. and when, when I first oh. met him, they
0: absolutely
2: love it. And uh, obviously, yeah, we it. pulled up at the just, car park, just, aren't just we, And he's come out, our and, our our and I news news like shook his hand, too good
0: to be trim and I Italian. didn't even know it was You order before the 13th of July You get another two. I do my research. Well, yeah. It's
2: all free, isn't it? But you just get two extra. Well, you should have shown. He doesn't even look at a photograph of him. Don't even have a look. Gets better. So, get a brew,
0: cock, will you?
2: Get a broom. Hello, John.
0: We're starting. Interview him in five minutes. When I he
2: said hello, he if only we had the Euros and, uh, around the corner as well, we o- could sit and watch o- them. O- oh. with. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. In
0: the garden. Oh. Barbecue uh, sizzling.
2: And yeah. no, he's a great a lad. Admits that like, he fucked up, didn't he? You know, you Heaven. Know, he didn't oh, like all yeah. the cat. Or, or the, or the excuses. Yeah, yeah, that's what. The Were there plenty of uh, punches, right? Yeah, the I the fucked couple. up. <laughs> <laughs> not the rimples. <laughs> <Low>, yeah, last <laughs> you know the episode of off the off? series. As <laughs> exactly. it, it rattles on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I know. That's almost that self praising itself, innit?
0: Bottled top. Yeah, we want to carry on, don't we, Brownie? Yeah, yeah, I'm not got much on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, the the front. Front. No, we've got some stuff for coming oh, for the Euros we'll at the start of the season. <laughs> if you do miss us, no, yeah, if you, if just, just come uh, over to join, up, join uh, up on the pitch.
2: Yeah, there. Any here final
0: here words for the end? Do of the Do they still series? do the
2: lager lager option as well, Chris? Luckily, the guests just come, so, the
0: so we fucking wrap it up there.
1: What, oh, how are we doing? Good, Chris, good. Just finished work, as you can see.
0: Yeah, looking good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh I had a quite an easy day today, so, uh, my second injection tomorrow for the COVID, oh, so, yes. yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all right, mate, yeah, good. How were you after the first one? You know what, I, I, some of the lads, you know, some of them spewed up and some of them were well, but I'm a scouser and we're used to getting a job. Yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us, by the way, yeah. yeah.
0: We've, heard, uh, we've, had, we've had a lot of uh, positive response, especially to the book. A lot of people yeah. saying they've read it and it's a cracker,
1: yeah. aren't they? Yeah, it was a long time ago now, but uh, I was saying to Chris before, you know, when I went to prison, I didn't you know, expect to write a book. You know, that's the last thing on my mind. because it, it was a devastating experience. But, you know, when publishers write, write to you, and then I always remember uh, my cellmate, Paul McGrath, not the Paul McGrath. He was a, a lad who was already in the prison and uh, we'd been in the same football team as kids and he was a, he was an avid reader of footballers' books. You know, he was a Liverpool supporter. All the Liverpool lads, even Man United books. Just, he just loved football. And I sat down and I just wrote a chapter called Shooting the Pope. Uh, it's when I shot Barry Horner at a Christmas and a Christmas party at Everton and... uh,
0: (laughs) What, what, were you shot him with
1: what? I shot him with a proper gun, yeah. uh, (laughs) uh,
0: Not uh, not a spud gun,
1: (laughs) No, no, that's a story, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I wrote the story, uh, the chapter story, shooting the Pope, and I gave it to him. I said, Paul, just be honest, mate. If if it's no good, I said, just tell me. And he he read it, he said, fucking hell, that's the bollocks, that. He said, if the rest of the book's like that, and I just chipped away at it through the four years that I'd done, you know. And it was good was saying to Chris that uh, it gave me something to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but uh, going back to the uh, shooting the Pope, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Everton's Christmas nights were always fancy dress and do uh, it in the Continental Club in Liverpool. And we'd start on a Sunday around about 12 o'clock and it goes straight to, well, go round the boozers and then we're in the nightclub. And I think this year I was dressed as Dennis the Menace and the. Uh, remember John Ebrill being a bit of a nuisance, coming up and punching me and running off, and my brother said, fucking hell, Mark. He's out of order. So I just turned around, and there was a giant... It must have been about one o'clock in the morning, absolutely bladded, and I bumped into this giant. It was Dave Watson, my captain's next-door neighbour. This is what I'd been told. Anyway, it was that big. His hip come up to my head, and I just grabbed the gun out of his holster, and the music was blaring, and apparently he shouted, don't shoot the gun. Don't shoot the gun, Brad. I'm already off looking for John. Go to the first bar, couldn't find him. Go to the second bar, and who stood there? Barry Horn. Remember Barry, great midfielder, dressed as the Pope. I stood behind him. The legend Neville Salto. And Neville, never who's the only one that didn't go as fancy dress because you don't tell Neville what to do, you, you know. So, I'm there, stood with this gun. And Barry says, uh, what are you doing with that gun Woody?" I said, I'm going to smash Ebbo over the head with it. He said, I'll just shoot the Pope. So we'll just let it go. It was a proper gun with a blank bullet in it. <laughs> right, so it's it. It's it hit him right in the chest and he's fell back against the bar and his tunic's gone on fire. <laughs> the, the noise was deafening. There's women screaming and all that. And I'm stood there with this You're fucking gun. gun. Yeah, the smoking gun. My midfield partner's on the floor like that. I think I've sh- I think I've killed him. I swear. To God. <laughs> the bouncers have come, grabbed hold of me, and uh, the, I remember the uh, Roy Wright, one of the lads. He threw a pint over him to put him out. All uh, fire. He's on fire. <laughs> so I just oh, I just always think if I'd have got hold of John and we you know got him on the floor and, and pulled the trigger because I, I don't know much about guns. I know I know from Liverpool, but fucking hell, not that bad. And... Uh, <laughs> Apparently a blank bullet can kill you. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, short distance and can be dangerous, but who, who, who would ever bring a gun out like that? Oh, you know that's right. I mean, exactly, yeah. Was a he bit in fancy there. dress?
0: Sorry? Was he in fancy
1: dress, the lad He was the in God? fancy dress. He was the cowboy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wrote that and, uh, you know, obviously I just went on from there and uh, just sat down and scribbled away for four years and put it all together. And a lot of people say, oh, you never wrote it, but... I said, of course I wrote it at the time, didn't I? You know what I mean? So it was always ongoing. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture Barry on on fire at Well, bar. Barry tells the story as well. A lot of people <laughs> tell the story and it was just, I think what it was, because I didn't know it was a, a proper gun with the blank in. And, and when the, the noise and it, the, the recoil and everything else and, and the fire, his tunic went on fire. And the next day, Howard, Howard Kendall, my great manager, he had us all in training. And you know what? He was he was an hour half at times because he, he had us doing head and practice with all hungover and all that. So all the centre halves, centre forwards, and uh, he was just uh, you know he said to me, he said I've heard about you shooting the the pope last night. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it got out like and uh, but it should never have happened because it's dangerous, very dangerous and. Got loads of stories about uh, Christmas nights, especially at West Ham.
2: It's an actual gun. <laughs> like a proper exactly, gun. yeah. Proper gun. <laughs> he did warn you not to shoot it, though, didn't he? Well, I didn't hear him, did I? <laughs> <laughs>
1: he, he brought his... We ordered our costumes to take back to the shop the next day and Barry was one of the last in. And then he comes into the dressing room and he just fucking throws it on the floor and it's just, it's all bit, you know, big hole and it burns and all that. He said, I'm not fucking paying for that. You can pay for it. And he, he lifted his t shirt up and he had the bruise. But the impact, he had a bruise on his chest. So it just shows you like well, <laughs> what could I have you imagine, he's got,
2: what I done. imagine what? he's got an airy chest as well, Barry, on, <laughs> hasn't he? All that frizzy frizzy yeah, chest there.
1: Right, yeah. But <laughs> the thing is him. I always say I could have been in the nick well before I fucking went to prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh my man.
0: Uh, we well, get onto career. was it did you get did you get some stick from the other inmates when you went in, obviously, with your football
1: background? Um, I knew quite a lot of the lads that were in there, to be honest, you know what I mean? Because the way I've been brought up and not to be proud of, but there was lads in there that had, had, you know, were doing big sentences and that. So. But the thing, uh, I, I thought I was going to get bail on the Saturday because uh, the solicitor said, Mark, you played in a Merseyside derby, a Manchester derby, a London derby and a Birmingham derby. He said, you played in every major city. And this. he said, so, you know, I think you'll get bail for sure. And then... I always remember the magistrates, my daughter was there and the family and, and it's very rare that the magistrates go out when they, you know, they ask for bail. They come back, and said, uh, bail's not granted on the grounds of uh, known acquaintances. And that was it. So I was going straight to Walton. And when you've got that sort of, you think you get getting bail and then next minute you're in the meat wagon going to Walton and uh, they have the radio on and there's other... So the prisoners going to the, to the prison and it come up on the news as I'm going into the... I'm in the meat bag and it said the uh, ex-Everton who was being remanded in custody and then all the, the lads are banging on the thing and I thought, you know, I thought to myself straight away then I've got to, you know, get myself sorted out because my me, me mindset was getting out so on bail on. and then I remember come, going up to the custody, you know, to check in and, and Scrooge just said to me, you're going to be with us for a long time, son. So that it's owned to me and uh and the first the first night it put me on the uh the lifers wing because the prison was that full. So I was there for two weeks. But uh I remember standing there in front of this big red door, lifers, and I had my, my towel and all my bedding and things like that and I just looked at the, the door and I thought, Fucking hell. I rented a house out and i <laughs> But uh it, you know, it was it was a very serious yeah. You what know, so did you get? Eight years? I got eight. I got 12, really. But I pleaded guilty at the first offence, the first time I could, sorry. And uh, so they got a third off. So I, I'd got an eight and I'd done four. So people that don't know, can you just tell, us, tell yeah. us the crack for what happened? Just quickly, uh, I I rented a household for the lads that I knew. Uh, I'd not long been back from Australia. And uh, it's no excuse. I done it for a monetary gain, you know. And uh, one of them come to the, me and my brother's pub and said, Mark, will you rent a house out for us? Just give us the keys. No one's going to ask you questions because you're the ex Premiership player. And uh, funnily enough, they give me the money, the cash. And I went into the estate agent to ask about this house that they'd picked. And he was an Evertonian, the, the, you know, the guy who's running He's the estate agent. And he went, oh, I won't do any did checks, this, that, you go there, boom, that was it. And that's the gist of it, really. And uh, obviously I knew that was for, the, you know, they said for a stash. So when you look at the word, the stash, it's uh, something valuable that, they, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's what they do. You know, people who, these drug dealers, especially the top fellas, they need places to, to uh, you know, houses and that, to, safe houses to put them in. And, uh, and because I didn't disclose <coughs> who invented rented the out for, I had to take it on the chin because you know, there were certain people saying, well, I think that's pathetic and, you know, you should have done the right thing. But at the end of the day, I wanted to come out of prison, you know, and not look behind me every five minutes and, and protect my family as well, to be honest. because so people were saying you should have grassed them up. But- yeah, exactly, Chris. And the, the thing is, I knew what I was getting into In that that was that was my part of it all, renting the property and never lived there. Um, but, you know, unknown to me, the, the firm that I was involved with, it was called Operation Vatican. They'd already been under obs by the police for 18 months. And they got you in because you shot the pot. I never thought of that. Recently, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's how big the operation was on these lads, you know what I mean? So it was uh, over the uh, three-year period that, and uh, the rest of them had been in prison for about 10 months and the rest of them all. Uh, so... You know what?
0: Like, what was your financial situation at the time? Obviously, coming out of football, was it something that you needed to do, or was it just an opportunity you thought?
1: I'll be honest with you. I've just, you know, I've always said this: being a footballer yourself, you don't look after your money, and uh, if you don't plan for life after football, you'd always think it's always going to be there, or you're going to get a coaching job or a manager's job, or even in the media or something like that. And that's all my life was, football. And, uh, you know, that's why I did it. Because I tried to go to, I went over to Australia, tried to open a soccer school because of my age. Because of my age, uh, I was 42 then. They said uh, you needed a distinguished talent visa. I always remember my mate, Peter Jones. I stayed with him, scout said, and my me, me holiday visa was up. And he said, oh, I'll take you down to uh, immigration. We'll sort it out. And we get to immigration, we queue up. So we get to the front of the queue and I've got my passports. I've got a week left and he, and he goes to the girl. This is me mate, he's been staying with me. He's only got a week left and he wants to stay in Australia. Uh, and she looked at the passports and she said, well, well, he can't because his his visa's running out. So well, can't he extend it? No, because of his age. Well, what can he do? Well, he's got to have a distinguished talent visa. And he said, what, what, what do you mean? He said, Well, he's got, to, he's got to prove to the Australian government that he's good at what he does. He went, Good. He scored against the fucking red shite in the garden. I just went, Oh, I'm fucking <laughs> <a count. laughs> I'm up with light. I swear to God, that's what he said. And, uh, <laughs> oh, Peter, I'm missing me. He was a funny lad. So I walked out and, and I come home and. Uh, be honest with this. like, uh, I, I fell ill. I, I was in hospital for two weeks. I thought I had a suspected aneurysm. And it's no excuse. I, I was on my ass. And uh, one of the lads, when I come out of the Aussie, and he went, do you want to go back to uh, Australia? I said, yeah. He said, listen, rent the house out and we'll give it a few quid. And i give you, you know, and that was the reason. The opportunity. And that was the, mm-hmm. you know, people can believe it or not. And people always have divided opinion about me. I'd never been in trouble before or you know since and uh we all know i always say this football is you know the public property and when you go wherever you go in in, in any part of england or scotland or wales ireland there's always people out there who who, but they don't have like drug dealer or you know thief and all you 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 know villains don't you Mm -hmm. and uh and you know it's something that i regret but i've you know i picked myself up on them and working as you can see when the came knocking, what well, I take it was completely out of the blue when you got got rumbled what happened? I was at a funeral and uh <laughs> I was at a funeral and he just uh they'd gone to the property and they'd been watching everyone it was unbelievable the operation and uh i was I was at the crematorium, and the police had gone into the property and found the four kilos and is that is that a lot I don't, I don't, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah well what would that what would that
0: worth for well, it?
1: yeah it was a few quid like but you know probably over the course of the time there'd been a lot more in there you know so <clears> at, <throat> at the time so you'd
0: be up for a few nights still <laughs> yeah you'd be up for a few nights <laughs> back in hell, yeah.
1: I, don't, I don't know how, I don't know how much four <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot but uh, you know what they'd done the police they rang up the estate agents and the, and the estate agent asked me to go back to the house and I, I was sat next to my uncle Tommy, and I went Tom I've got to go went, where are you going I said I think I knew me, in yeah. my heart and, but I didn't want to involve anyone so I drove to the, where the property was and uh, there was half a message like, police outside and I tried to get to my uh, brother's pub and I got away I could still run then like and uh, I dumped well, you the, liked it. I, the, yeah I dumped the car I was just shocked you know what I mean I thought uh, and I went through a builder's yard and there was these two so they're two, chasing you on foot it's yeah, yeah, a proper yeah, yeah so two lads were coming up and I was looking behind, and there's no one behind. I thought, nearly like a kid's pub. And as I'm looking behind like that, they've just gone, fuck off. Playing clothes, weren't they? Oh. And by this time, this fat cop had, had caught up, and he went, <laughs> fucking hell, Woody. <laughs> what are you doing, lad? <laughs> he said, I fucking loved you when you played for Everton. <laughs> he said, You're in big trouble. <laughs> and I went, oh, you know, so took me back to the car, and, and that was it, really, you know. It, uh, it was. You know, into the uh, into the cells, and uh, I was in Walton on the Saturday. But you know, I've come out of it a better person. To be honest, you know what yeah. I mean. But, yeah, it was tough at times, but I think once I knew my sentence, and you know exactly yeah, what you're going to do. Yeah, because really there enjoyed. was a because I was involved in a uh, big firm, and the thing was, the police knew on the day of sentencing that the drugs weren't mine, but I, they knew, but they couldn't disclose in court. About the operation because it had blown it wide open, so you know what I mean. Because it was still ongoing, yeah, yeah. so I had to, to take it on the chin. for, you know, at the end of the day, I've done. I, I had to do that.
2: What would happen if you did grasp them up? Would you're getting away?
1: God, <sighs> God forbid! I don't know what what would have happened, mate. I wasn't going to take that chance because. But then, you'd have been not
0: guilty. are yeah.
1: not not guilty. Sorry, but you'd you. I think your sentence what sentence would, would have been? Yeah, it would have been less. Yeah, and. Uh, Usually, Usually the longer
0: you, sentence of looking over your shoulder. That's yeah. it, yeah. So life sentence. And, yeah. Looking, uh, you know,
1: sure. some uh, there's lads in there that had the same sort of you know uh, crime that I committed and they got a lot less. Mm-hmm. But then you look at them and you think, Well, why is that like? You know what I mean? So I've helped out with the inquiries as they say. So I wasn't prepared to do that. And that I was brought up that way, you know. Not to be the
2: grass the grand, yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> one of the lads Lee Bignoff message saying he, yeah. um, he, he won the league. Yeah. Footy league.
1: Yeah, like I got to Kirkham and obviously they got their the own team there and, and they win the league every year because they play every game at home, which is, uh, I think people don't win them, they don't beat them. You know what? It was like the World Cup final. The, the <clears> team <throat> I played, uh, the, the game I played in and the, the, there's two games left. Because don't forget, in Kirkham, pr- prisoners are coming and going because it's like the last, the last prison before they get out, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because it's the open prison. And the Scousers run the, run that prison because it's full of Scousers. And I said, like, there's a boat lad, Lee Bonney, he, he played in goal and a Scottish lad played at centre half. And no one was going to not to tell him to f- play because he slit a few people's throats. And, but he took it dead seriously. And uh, the <laughs> last we, game... Is that were in for? That's what he made. Well, you have, you have your murderers in there, don't you? And, yeah. and everything because they've got to prove that a lot of them work out and they've got to go into the into the public domain and go back to Integrate prison. Back to to, yeah, it's in, you know, that's right. Yeah, so but uh, the game itself, I played up front and it was like the World Cup final for some of them. And uh, the screw was refereeing it, and some of the banter was unbelievable. I just didn't enjoy it, but. I only played one game and I got me medal in that. Like so, but, <laughs> You've got it. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but the lads, when, when I wrote the book, I put the t- the team, you know, collectively, and you know, in the book, and kept in, a, in touch with a couple of them and and gave gave them the book. But, um, you know, when I got out, I was out. You know, me book, I'd I'd Morris sent everything out, and and Tony McDonald, the publisher, he'd got everything sorted out, and within two weeks I was signing. Signing uh, my book in London, um, and I, I couldn't believe how many it was in the in the city, and there was Man City supporters there, West Ham, Everton, and Birmingham City all dressed I in pinch
0: yourself Moment that wasn't it? Like, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: After- and you know oh, what? I thought you. to myself, it was hard work. The book, especially when I was in the open prison because I was out working, <clears> and I'd done so much work on it. And then one of one of the lads said, "Can't can't give up on it now. Just finish it off because it was it was still ongoing," you know. And obviously, when I was in London, I said to you before, I had like a couple of interviews with all the, the tabloids, and the best one was with the uh, Jim White from the Telegraph. He's the the renowned uh, great sports writer. and I sat with him, and uh, we had a beer. and He said, "Mark," he said, "I'm do, I'm doing a balanced piece. I've, I've researched everything," and uh, and he said, "I oh, hope you don't mind." He said, "But I've researched." Uh, over the past 30, 40 years, all the footballers that have been in prison and I've picked me best ever footballers, Prison (laughs) 11. (laughs) Convict 11? He said, I've got to tell you, son, you're in it. And straight away, it's like it's not something to be proud of, is it? (laughs) And I thought, (laughs) because I didn't realise how many footballers have been in prison. And, you know, it's just uh, amazing, really. So he said... and on the article I'm going to put it at the bottom do you mind if it? and I said no I said I think that'll be you know you know it'll be good like so when I read it I thought you know that, that is a team that, nah. you know what I mean it's a very very good team it's... who's in it yeah yeah um <laughs> Terry Fenick remember in QPR Tottenham yeah. Terry Fenick at right back then you got the two center halves two arsenal center halves Tony Adams and Peter Storey. No, I remember his name. Piece of story. I think he played in the fifties and the sixties. Yeah. It was a proper fucking villain. Him. And you, <laughs> the little, uh, the little left back, Gary Charles, Forrest. Yeah. Good, good little player. And then you have got a, the two in the middle, uh, Fat Jan. Fat Yann moldy <laughs> and, uh,
0: You'll have to get them all back together for one last job. I <laughs> I'll I'll them last them 11. That eleven.
1: <laughs> that would be great. Good idea. <laughs> Joey Barton. Right, and then you've got Mickey Thomas Man United and Wales on the left yours truly on the right and you've got a front pairing of Georgie Best and big Duncan Ferguson not
2: that's a bad a t- team strong, isn't it? that's a strong yeah. team I think that beat Kirkham oh. <laughs> that definitely
1: beat Kirkham <laughs> yeah yeah and the goalkeeper who was the goalkeeper remember him Rene Agita? oh yeah oh yes yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Scorpion done that Scorpion kick yeah where was yeah. he from Columbia with I yeah. got on fucking well with him. <laughs> 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 There's loads of players and they go, well, what about him and what about him? And yeah. I go, fucking, no, I didn't pick the team. <laughs> <laughs> you want to shoot the messenger? <laughs> yeah. That's right.
2: Could you play <laughs> any other sports in there? Out of curiosity.
1: No, I just done uh, I just concentrated on my fitness, you know what I mean? It's like only that tennis and uh, that was a great game that oh, I love playing that. It was uh, fantastic. Like softball. Soft soft softball, <coughs> little rackets, but it's dead quick. Were you any good? Yeah, I was the best mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <The> <laughs> best. I fucking loved it, yeah. Yeah, uh got a story about uh, like I didn't play it at Walton and when I we went to Rochdale, I played it for the first time. And it was this Davey Hill little red-nosed twat fucking being in for years. And, he, and I, I seen him playing. So he said, do you want a game, Mark? And I played him and he smacked me fucking ass. And I went back to my cell and I thought, oh, did that little bastard fucking beat me? Because I was fit as as any, you know what I mean? And uh, it was just all down to technique. So I, was, I grabbed him the next day. I said, come on, fucking play it again. And he, he beat me. It was a bit closer. the third time I played him. Fucking battered him. And uh, I never looked back then. I just beat all the... Uh, be told, I won the, the competition at Christmas and everything else. I was that good. He used to say to me, uh, my me, me, uh, me cellmates, Paul McGrath, it was the first of 21. I said, I'll give you 18 <laughs> nil." he go, fuck off. That, still right. still <laughs> Fuck off. I'm not, I don't want 18. Give me 10 points, start. <laughs> not uh, the piss out. I, yeah. said, I, I said, I'll play with me Andy. Eh? And he went, oh, fuck <laughs> off. And there was a Bolton lad there called Benny. And uh, he said, my fucking fat mate. Uh, he's a fat bastard. He said, but he's waiting to play you in Kirkham. I said, Benny, no fat bastard will beat me, mate, because I was, I was fitter in the prison than I was when I was as a footballer. And I didn't think not of it. Anyway, a week later, I'm mean, getting shown around uh, all the, the gym and everything in, in Kirkham, the open prison, and I sent someone following me around. So I turned around, there's this big lump behind me. And I said, all right, Well, I believe you play a bit of tennis. <laughs> and I said to him, Oh, you must be the fat bastard. He went, I'll fucking fat bastard. Went, you little bastard. I'll fucking kill you in a minute. And everyone was listening. I thought, oh, Mark, you've done it again. You're it. He said, I'll fucking play you here tomorrow. Meet me here at five o'clock. I'll play you after work. So obviously I had to turn up and there was loads watching and he fucking smacked my ass. I never got a set off him. And uh, me and Lee become good mates. He, he was the goalkeeper in the prison team. But uh, he taught me a lesson. Did you? I mean,
0: we'll, we'll move on to your football career. <laughs> <right? laughs> but in them first few days, do you go into survival mode?
1: Yeah, de- definitely. And I, I, I was going to mention it before, like Alvin, I was like still close to the West Ham lads, still am to this day. Because in 86, we had a fantastic team. We nearly nearly won the big one, you know. But uh, cool. Alvin, when I, when I come out, he said, you know what, we're all you know, gutted and we couldn't believe it. He said, but if there's one person that can do it, you can do the time he said it's that little bastard <laughs> and i think i did say to him i said you know what alva said i think a lot of people there's a lot of suicides and in, in, especially in walton i think it was like six in the space of six months because a lot when that door slams it's it's a difficult place to be if you're not strong-minded and i, I always think and usually being football is that the dressing room it's just male in it right so and it, it you're on top of each other and the banter and it can be cruel, can't it? It can be very cruel and a bit personal as well. You know, throughout your football career, I've always gone on with most, all the players, really. You know, not really. And I think being a footballer helped me in a way. I really do because being a footballer, you're you're you know, you're competitive and you're in that sort of cocoon of with all the other players. And when I went to prison, it, you think it would be a vast place, but it's not. It's very, very small. You know what I mean? Uh, and like the landings are, and everyone's you know congregated together, and some people can't, act it, you know. And there is banter thrown out, and you know that's how you can get involved, really, you know. Mm. But, uh, but you think it was you difficult.
0: Better prepared than I think than so. someone from from a non football background just because I do of that banter, yeah. Kind I of do alpha yeah. environment that you've you've been in all your life,
1: without a doubt, yeah. And that, that competitiveness, really, yeah. and you know you have to be. You have to be sharp and and like because people will they take their eyes out the back of your head. And uh, listen, if you go into prison and you want to be the hard case and, and the one that's not gonna, you just get sorted out straight away. But I just wanted to be the person I was on the outside because I know I'm a decent lad and I'd rather help people. You know what I mean? And you know, go around and, and make make music for myself because you just get you just get your ass smacked.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And then you you got released initially from Everton. Being too small?
1: Exactly. I'm too, too, still too small. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was bit when I was 12 years old and then signed in a, a schoolboy and an apprentice. And uh, they weren't too sure of me. We went went away to uh, Groningen uh, under-19 tournament. I was 17. And there was, I think I took Graeme Sharp, the great Graeme Sharp. I took his place. Sharp, who was on uh, Scotland uh, youth international duty and, I think they just took me there and uh, the two English sides were us in Ipswich Everton Ipswich AC Milan I think it was St Etienne and uh, a couple of German teams and we actually won the tournament and uh, I won the player of the tournament and I think they had to sign me then as a pro you know when you think I was only 17 and Ronald Koeman played in that uh, he played for Groningen at the time and Steve McMahon was in my team so it was a really good Everton side that we had and you know obviously getting the I got the winner in the final and you know, if you played at the tournament, they've got to sign you. To but put put you on get, on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only give me a year, but uh, it was Gordon Lee, the manager, and he just said, you know, we can't see you ever being uh, strong enough or quick enough uh, to play at the top level. So, at the time,
2: did you agree with him or
1: did you? You know what, well, Chris, I was absolutely devastated because I had all the, you know, the touch and, but I was, you know, I, I, I think I weighed about nine and a half stone. I was tiny and uh, didn't carry any weight. So, you know, at the time, the, the, I wasn't strong enough or quick enough, but I think what I did do, I, I kept me uh, my hand in by going to Northwich Victoria, and really, I still got mates from that team all them years ago. When you know, when the telegram come to the house, because we never, I was one of seven, and we, we had to fuck all, but we never even had a phone, and the telegram come to the house, and I opened it up, it was in my name, and uh, I went, Dad, Dad, look, I've got, I've got a trial for Norwich. And he went, fucking me, it properly, says Northwich. <laughs> I went, fucking Northwich, where's that? I didn't know where it was, i never heard of Northwich. That's only really down the road, innit? <laughs> anyway, it's funny this. My mate Tony Mayer, well, he's my mate to this day, he played for Northwich and said, uh, go knock on go- Tony May if he plays for us, he'll bring you for the trial. So I knocked, mm-hmm. on-, knocked on his door and I had the telegram and his typical scouter come to the door he had a big fucking woolly head right he come in his wife fronts got ties on him like that and he just wasn't toned you know what I mean just like fucking fat bastard really <laughs> a so, bit like myself <laughs> so I go back home and my dad goes what was your like son I said dad fuck it you know, He's as fat as a bear I said I can't see him being able to run he said listen son just go and enjoy it because no one had, no one had sorted anything out for me Tony goes into his to his Mrs. Rose and and she says, "Who was that?" She said, "The fucking school kids come to the. I was eighteen, but I looked a lot younger." He said, "A fucking school kids come here for the trial to Northwich on Saturday. He's got no fucking chance. He's only that big." So I got in his Ilman imp, and we drove to Northwich, and I fucking never stopped laughing. Tony worked in Ford's, the Ford factory, and speak, and I thought so. I'm getting changed in the in the Destiny. and and that you got your bricklayers, your joiners, your insurance brokers and things like that and I'm just because I've been at Everton for them a few years I'm thinking I'm just enjoying the banter and I'm on the bench and there was a Scottish manager that just took over Lammy Robertson and then they're getting beat they're playing Bolton pre-season and he throws me on for the last 20 minutes and uh, I just took the piss and uh, as I'm going off Tony grabbed the hold of me he said fucking don't sign for us son you're too good but I was on the dole £20 a week and uh, this manager went come here so he we- something to the office and he went and my dad said to me whatever you do don't sign a contract and not like that so I went and he went we'll give you 60 quid a week he said have you signed now and I signed and it was the best thing he ever did because it kept me in it kept me in football and I played at Wembley that season in the trophy final and great bunch of lads and I, I've always said this them two years at North which made me a player because I was playing against men Yeah, the next youngest in the team was 28 and I was like I was the baby. Did you bulk up
0: in that time? Oh, yeah, without
1: that? a doubt, yeah. And uh, what happened was, they didn't have a good start to the season and they sacked him and Johnny King, the old old family manager, he, he took over. And it was, this was funny, I got injured just as he took over and my ankle was better. And I was struggled to get to training because I didn't have a car. And the training was at the Guinness factory at the other side of Runcorn or at Northwich, Tuesdays and the Thursday nights. And if Tony was, if Tony was working nights, I couldn't get there. So... It was Al- Alton, we were playing all the and it was nil nil-nil game, and I went up to him and said, Johnny, I said, I'm your best player, and he got me on the bench. He said, yeah, you can play a bit, son. He said, but you can't even get to fucking training, so how can I fucking play you? And I thought, he had the point, didn't he? So the next training session was on the Tuesday, and I thought, fuck it, I'll show him, I'll fucking run there, because Tony was on nights. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I thought, give myself two hours. Right, <laughs> didn't even know how far it was anyway. I started on it, got over on Cornbridge, fucking hell. And I, I get to the training ground. We used to uh, train on the shale. And I open the door, I was fucking sweating. And he goes, All right, son, how did you get here? I said, I fucking ran here. He went, You what? I said, I ran here. I said, You better fucking play me on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and he played me on Saturday. Uh, one of the lads drove me home. It was fourteen and a half and a half miles the way that I was. So Gray Mabel dropped me back off because obviously I was, I was knackered. and he, put, <laughs> he said we played A. P. Leamington in the in the FA Cup away, and he put me up front and I scored atsic and he, I never looked back then. He said you are a player, so and he said now nah, look after, you. and what you're saying about the bulking, because Johnny was only he was a good player himself, but he was only small and you know, like old fashioned things, he'd keep me behind and he'd throw a medicine ball at me and you know where you throw it back, and It'd probably be frowned upon now, but it got me strength and I would become very quick. I was lucky, really, I think that little bit of bulk I put on yeah, yeah, yeah. because without that pace, you need that pace at the top level to be able to get away from players you know
0: were you working at the same time as playing
1: i wasn't I wasn't and then uh Robert's bakery sponsored sponsored the team and it was like stolen for you know even sixty quid a week it wasn't a lot like and I was threatening to go and then <laughs> they made a they made a job for me in the bakery uh you know all the trays that the, the bread used to go in. Well, people were never giving them back they using them as fences and all that one different things <laughs> so they had to i was like the quantity is it surveyor of like the, the bread, <laughs> the bread right? but i was always in the fucking in the cafe with the uh it was in Northwich the bakery so i was like a b- little bit of a celebrity you know what i mean like, what they, what they say? <laughs> i was always eating the cream cakes And but uh i i look back at Northwich. It's is a great time for me you know and uh I'd always remember there were a couple of clubs. I had a good FA Cup run uh, and I was I, I was getting quicker and Johnny was putting me up front because I could finish as well. And uh, we played Chester in the FA Cup. We drew, so it was the replay and it was the only game on that night and it should never have been played. It, the mud, it was unbelievable. But he said, we're, we're going to beat these, we'll beat them on, on this pitch. And I just skipped across the mud and scored two. And it was in the back of the paper the next day and then he said to me, you'll be gone soon. Son. And uh, a couple of clubs were sniffing and when Joe Royal rang me up, I just thought, well, be a great, great club to go to. So, where were Oldham? Oldham were in the old second division. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Joe had had a good couple of seasons there, and uh, I met him in Liverpool in uh, a boozer, and it was about six o'clock. And we thought it was dead quiet. He said, somewhere quiet, so, you know, no one recognised him because he's the Everton legend. Yeah. Anyway, he went, Mark, he said, I've seen you so many times. He said, if you make one appearance, this, he said, I think the fee was nine and a half grand. He said, All I want you to do is when you come, get your head down. And if you make one appearance, it's vindicated that money. So the chairman doesn't want to spend this money. He said, All oh, I can offer is £130 a week. But I've got the job in the bakery, and with me other money, I had to take a, a yeah. about £70 a week dropping and <clears throat> wages. Yeah. So it's big. So You're right the bakery? Well, oh, loads of dough in it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> loads of dough. <laughs> so I said to, uh, he always talked when he Joe talked to me I turned around and I said yeah I'll be your best player and he laughed he said just just one appearance one from you anyway I trained on the Tuesday and we play, they were playing Brighton at home on the Saturday and I took the pissing training and then we have done a behind closed doors game and they had like the probables against the possibles and all yeah. that like and I'd done really well and I, said, I remember saying to me dad I said dad I said if he doesn't play me on Saturday I said there's something wrong I said no one can get near me. He said, Mark, you've been there five minutes. Fucking hell, son. I know your confidence. I said, but dad, no, I, I'm telling you. And I trained on this Friday. And Joe said, Mark, come here. He said, listen, son, I've got something to tell you. He said, you're making your league debut tomorrow. And I went, I should fucking think so. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know what he, he laughed just like he was, and he tapped me on the head he went oh I just love your confidence son he said all the best I want you to do so well and uh, it's like you know that game everyone remembers the league debut and uh, I remember uh, it was the last minute and the left back overlapped the full back overlapped the, the winger and he crossed the ball to the far post and I'm running in and the only way I could get it, right, is just to dive for it so I thought, just keep your eye on the ball and I keep a at a bit, you know. Peter Moseley, I think his name was. As it come, so it's dropped and he could have come out and fucking punched it, but he's seen me. I'm horizontal, like it's all you know, It's gone, fuck off, right in the top <laughs> corner. Fucking right in the top corner. And I remember as I was coming off the pitch, Joe just picked me up like that and he went, it's fucking hell. And then I never missed a game for them in two years, you know what I mean? So Was he good with you then from then on, uh, Royal? Yeah, Joe was, Joe was great from the day one. Like the first, he, he said, listen, see how we going, And then you straight in for the rise because I was on buttons and Martin Buchan, the great Martin Buchan, he made his debut with me. So all the emphasis was on him, leaving Man United, you know, the great yeah, captain yeah. and I scored and I got man of the match, the first four games. And I didn't find it easy, but I just, you know, my fitness levels were, he said he, he thinks he thought I'd fail because of my fitness levels. And that's what I could compete with. You know what I mean? My fitness levels yeah. are so good. And, uh, I, he always says, like, the best nine and a half thousand pound he'll ever spend. And, you know, w- within two years, I was gone for a quarter of a million, so. Jesus. Um, best what, nine and a half uh, grand
0: chairman ever spent.
1: No, uh. Joe spent. Joe spent. And he didn't want to. And then when I had to have a meeting with Ian Stott, uh, he said, they've offered you 250. I said, "Sounds to stick up his ass." So we went, because Martin had told me what I should be getting. He said, Mark, you've got to look for 400 quid. That's what, you know what I mean? So, He wasn't moving. I said to Joe, I want to meet him with the chairman. He said, "It doesn't work like that. I said, it fucking does this time. (laughs) I said, because I tell you now. He said, oh, you're a nightmare. I said, fuck it. So I sat with him and he went, like that, this piece of paper. (sighs) You've had a good start, son. Don't get carried away. Like that, I said, a good start. I'm your fucking best player. I said, you got me for nine and a half grand. What would you sell me for now? And if I don't get £400, I said... I'm going to, you can rip me contract up? I'll go and play with my mates on the park on a Sunday. I said that's that's the ultimatum. So I, was, I stood up, I just walked out. I know what I went home, at all. And you're f- you know what? Yeah. What the fuck have I done? 21 20 year old. 22. 20. I was 20, 20, 21, yeah. And, and <laughs> like, just had the baby, Melissa, and I told my missus, and she went, You're the fucking dickhead lad. <laughs> what are you gonna do? No, no job anyway. Joe rang me about half nine that night. He went, You're okay, son. I went. Yeah, Scafford, I'm fine, he said. I don't know what you said to that chairman, but you got your fucking money. He said and you deserve <laughs> it. And I think what it was with me, there was no agents then, was there? Yeah. And because of my disappointment at Everton and all that, and I thought, I just knew what I valued myself yeah. for the yeah, first time. Because yeah, yeah. it's hard to put a value on yourself, isn't it? <clears> and then w- once I went to, you know, obviously West Ham for a quarter of a million, that was that that was out of the blue, you know. I thought, this is the this is the big time now, yeah, you know, yeah. the first division, you know what I mean? Because I was looking forward to my third season and then just before the season started he, he rings me Joe again and said this was funny though because he rings me and he goes Mark he sat down for on I went I gaffered he said because John Lyle the West Ham manager will, will be at your house within the hour he's coming to pick you up you're going to make your debut for West Ham on Saturday the club have agreed cause of a million pounds for you to go and sign for them I said yeah tell that to the fucking chairman he didn't want to sign me for nine and a half, and he? he said you won't forget about that will you like, fucking no one so he wants to sell me now doesn't he <laughs> and within the hour John was there and I, you know first impressions mean a lot to me and uh, I just bought my first house little two up and two down in Liverpool fucking hell little back courtyard and all that anyway John fucking comes down the road was tiny this big jag opened the door and he goes Mark John Lyle this is Ed, Eddie Bailey my chief scout I said come in John and my ex-missus was crying her fucking eyes out she didn't want to leave Liverpool she's leaving the mad and all that like fucking no scout spare to like and So he went, go and put the kettle on, straight away. Just took command of the situation and he, and then I'm making the tea and, and I could hear her laughing and he said, right, come on, pack. And, uh, what? Just, what was it? Go on, pack. Yeah, just go and pack, <laughs> pack some clothes. <laughs> You're going. And, and I never come back to Liverpool for six months. So that was it because I, I played on the Saturday. Made me debut. Stayed in, yeah. in epic. in the hotel for a few months. It was out the blue sign of a West Ham, but what, I, like Joe said to me, he said, listen, you're going to enhance your career here because they play the game the right way. He said, you would become a better player. And, and uh, I couldn't envisage the season that we had because we, we finished third and nearly won it, really. Did you take no. the
2: confidence you had, you know, when you were saying that, you're telling the chairman you're
1: the best player, all of them. Did you <clears throat> maintain that confidence going into West Ham? That's a great question because... I like, it's the first time in my life that I felt out of my depth because at McAveney signed on the same day from St Mirren. So we were the only two signings that season and no one really had heard about us. I always remember my, my first training session and I swear to God, I just thought, fucking hell. They just, the ball was just going ping. Two centre-halves, Aldo Martin, Tony Gale, they could play like centre midfield players. They were getting the ball. they weren't your typical centre-halves. They, they, they were proper, you know, the finesse on them. I never got a kick. And I thought, like, in, in the past, I've thought, I'll be your best player, and I thought. Straight away, I knew I wasn't the best player here because it was just unbelievable. It's just It was, it was just, like, mind-blowing, and I thought. I made me debut on the Saturday against Birmingham. We got beat 2-1. didn't have a very good game, and I thought, he's going to drop me for the Tuesday night game at home against QPR. And he just took me to one side. He said, listen, you've done a couple of good things. The whole team didn't play very well. He said, my faith's in you. And I think little things like that mattered. And I went out and Upton Park was a special place to go and play, especially for an evening. The crowd, right on top of you. It's just like an amazing, amazing experience, especially the chicken run. You couldn't even step back to see the corner that close. And I had a great game and I think I crossed two for the two goals. And I never looked back after that. Just like, just, you know what I mean? Just, Did
0: you feel, as that game went well, like you said about the chicken run, could you feel the fans getting inside?
1: Yeah. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. And, you know, to this day... Remember Alden, you take a lot from, you know, your captain and people that speak to you and Alden said, Mark, I'll give you some information, he said, and some advice. These fans, he said, they're like most fans, he said, We do not suffer fools. He said, They're that close to you. I'm telling you now, they know if you if you're fucking I was never once a bottle it, anybody tackled wise He said, But they'll make or break you. And he's right, because I've seen them break a lot of the players. And all <coughs> they wanted when you put that clanton blue shirt on. Is to give it hundred percent. That's all you can ask for in it. That's it, and it's like that in every club, and uh, <clears throat> they'll be happy if you get beat. They'll be happy with that. Yeah. But when you're not giving it all, you will sush it out straight away. And uh, I had some battles there with all them left backs in the in the eighties. Stuart Pearce, Van Den uh, they're all called psycho, weren't they? You had <laughs> Mark Dennis psycho, Van Den psycho, Stuart Pearce psycho. There's it was another silent. one. Yeah. So you have to become a bit of a psycho yourself to play <laughs> to play against them all. You're like, you know, I I seen Stuart last year, just before the COVID, and uh when I was in the Nick, this kid come up to me and said, Have you seen what psychos put about you in his book and I thought? Or horrible little twat or something, you know <laughs> what I mean? And the paragraph goes, I was always that throughout my career, who's my most difficult opponents? It was a little scouser called Mark Ward. I had more bad games against him than anybody. So when I was in the media room at the, the, the new stadium, he's clocked me, hasn't he? And uh, he's come over and he went, put his hand out. He said, You're my fucking nemesis. I said, <laughs> I could never get the better of you. And we just started a talk. And uh, I said, I fucking hated playing against you as well. I said, Because he, he used to kick lumps out of you. Like, you know what I mean? It was always a battle.
2: It's big that the winner for him to say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. But it,
1: it's like this, because sometimes you get the. I think with me, if I was a better player if someone was aggressive towards me, I don't know why. It's just like I had that sort of like mentality, you know. The first time I played against him, he'd done me, didn't he? And I had, I, I had me uh, just where the tongue on the is, He'd split the tongue and it had gone through, but it was very deep. So when I took my boot off, it was full of blood. And I thought, he's fucking getting this in the second half. Great, I'm just not. waiting for him. You know, I was good at like the centre half, knocking the ball to the fullback, get to, you know, getting him on his, because it was very quick. And I was ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. And he's just pulled it out and, and opened his leg up to knock it down the line and I've come and I've fucking up, right off my feet. <laughs> I swear to God. He must have thought, where's this little cunt?" <laughs> so And I bit him, right, but I swear to God, I bit him that hard. I nearly shit myself. It hurt me. The tackle hurt me. <laughs> and like, we both got up and he just didn't lie down. He got up and he, he just looked at me and I looked at him and I got booked and all that. like. And uh, after, because he'd he been booked and I'd been booked and uh, we beat them three on the night and I, he just kept on giving me the ball. I kept on attacking him And Cottie scored two great goals to, to the far post. One that he says is best ever goal. Like a fizzy kick to the far post to pick them out and there. It was a, I was made up because on the Sunday, Brian Clouffer said, take war to the World Cup. He's just destroyed the best left back in the world. But uh, it was never, I never got an England cap. But maybe I was a bit too naughty. I don't know. A bit too aggressive.
2: Did, um, was he the one that took you under his wing? Martin?
1: <clears throat> yeah Alvin yeah we stood a, Yeah, yeah, because he's a scouter and he's the captain and you know he, he even says when he <laughs> when I come to the training ground uh, John pulled him in off the you know the field and I'm in John's office he said when I walked in sweating like a great player he was and he goes Alvin this is Mark our new signing because he even out the players didn't even know and he said I looked down here and I thought fucking hell he's only about fucking 12 <laughs> <laughs> he went all the best and all that, like and uh, you know, for the because we we're in the hotel for week, well, for months. Me and my missus would go to Alvin's for State Diane and you know and all that, and he looked after us. And was he an older pro? How, uh, the age difference? Oh, Alvin's about five years older than me. Oh, not so that far. Much, that. Yeah, yeah. But I think you need that, especially when you're mm. uh, moving away from yeah, home. And, and the, my missus, she was fucking proper. Mr. Mum and all the family, and, and and she was just like that. And I, I was playing really well. And I had to go into John and say, John, I said, I've got a problem. He went, What's that, son? I said, Jane wants to go home. He went, Right, I'll be at your house tonight at six o'clock. <laughs> I thought, Oh, fuck. So we drove home, picked, picked Melissa up, and I went into the house and I went, You fucking cow. I said, I, You know, we decided to come down here. I said, and you got me manager coming round at six o'clock to speak to you. I said, oh, I'm embarrassed and all that. Anyway, knocked on the door at six, come in, put the kettle on to me. <laughs> went straight in and she fucking started crying. He went, you can turn them taps off, love. He said, uh, he's going nowhere. He said, I took a big gamble, paid a quarter of a million pound for him. Probably cost me <laughs> treble that. He said, what's wrong with you? And she just went, oh, just started crying and, t- and he went... And this was me, Dickhead. He just she just went, right, I'll give you another hundred pounds a week <laughs> to me if you sign on the year on your contract. And I just went like that. The next day, and just fucking... and it was another hundred pounds and She was fucking happy then. <laughs> <laughs> pair <of> shoes then <laughs> and I like, do not need to set
2: fingers, but how big will the wage rise from Oldham to West Ham?
1: You know what? I can't remember to this day. I think it was I think it doubled so I went went well, to about seven hundred, eight hundred quid. Mm. But it's all in it's uh, what's the word? It's like the house that we bought in Liverpool was like twenty, twenty two grand and the house that we bought in London was eighty grand. Yeah. It was like a so you know, the the mortgage was bigger it's and things doubling like that. But all you know your what? expenses
0: are doubling as well.
1: Yeah, but I never thought about money I never thought about anything about the house off. I just wanted to go and play football yeah. and like I should have really you know been a bit more savvy in that aspect because she was just buying fucking clothes she was the original wag here <laughs> <Fucking hell. laughs> you know about these wags I said fucking I had one in the 80s <laughs> she had shoes, boxes of shoes past the wardrobe and everything she said to me one day just like boutique in the, in the village. And then anyway, she comes come out, she's just leather jackets with all these tassels down like that. She went, what do you think of this? It's a one-off, you know? And I went, yeah. And I never used to ask about anything. I said, the one-off? She said, yeah, no one else has got one of these. I said, how much was it? She went, 900 quid. I went, fucking what? 900 quid? I wasn't even on that, you know what I mean? So <laughs> she didn't last fucking long.
2: <laughs> There's a reason it's a one-off because nobody else will fucking buy it. Exactly. <laughs> were, you, oh. um,
1: were you thick as thieves from any from... I think what it was, I don't think it's because he was from Glasgow and, and I was from Liverpool, but we roomed together because we just signed together and Frank was a fucking you know? hell. the stories I've got. Like, I think we were playing Preston away in the cup. I'm sure it was Preston. And Frank's got this, like, notion that every woman fancies him. So I know, I know one of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's one of them in our fucking organisation.
0: <laughs> but
1: <laughs> it's, it's like... I had got a picture of him at St. Mirren and he had the fucking gingerest reddest hair in the world. Like, So when it's, he goes, wee man, put that away. Because when he come down, he got his hair blonde, he got all his teeth sorted out. So anyway, we're still rooming together and this is the gods honest truth. So, you know, the, the team's all on the Friday, they're all eating together. And you know, the girl that's serving, she's always like the, the, the name tag. And he, he go, I just wanted to get to bed and get my head down. He said, wee man, just hang on that. all lads, fuck off to bed. He said, I pulled the here. I went, fuck off. Frank, she's not interested. I've, been, I've heard what she said. A fella's picking picking her up from the hotel. I said, She doesn't want to know. He went, Well, oh, you can only try, can't you, we man? I went, Fuck off. Come on, let's go to bed. So we go to bed. It's had a three course meal, and he's ringing now for sandwiches, hoping that she comes up. I'm going, Ah, fuck off. So I went. And we used to, when we played away, it wasn't a sleeping tablet, but the physio would give us like a relaxing you note know, of fucking, I used to struggle sometimes to sleep. And anyway, I fucking, took that, fucking turned over, left him. Now, in the morning, my my uh, pre-match thing was to get up, have a brekkie, go back to bed and not have a pre-match then. You know what I mean? So the lads would have the pre-match meal, wouldn't he? So anyway, I'm facing the wall and I turn over and I look across like that. Next minute, I see fucking, I'm trying to fucking be looking at, and I've seen two heads. It was the girl that was serving the fucking dinners, right? But Frank was at the back of it, and she, uh, she was at the front. So as I looked down, I could see a pair of tits in her fanny. <laughs> she was like that sort of, thought, Fuck, you know what's going on here? <laughs> so I um, went, Frank! <laughs> and he just put his body up over her, like <laughs> that went. And she pulled all the covers over it. This is a god's on truth, like that. I went, Frank, you better fucking get shut of her. Because if Mick McGiven comes around, she's found in here, we're fucked. So said, I got up put me fucking gear on. I said, I'm going down for me breakfast. I said, get rid of her. He went, I'm having me breakfast in bed. <laughs> and I swear to God, he scored to that bed. <laughs> I'm having me breakfast in bed.
2: So once oh, you've got to sleep, he's obviously gone back down.
1: Oh, well, don't know how he's done it, mate. <laughs> Johnny was just like... He was unbelievable. That's it's opportunist in it, ringing down for sandwiches in, yeah. in, 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 in hope. hope. In hope yeah. yeah, in hope, yeah. But that's thank for you. Settle yeah. down now a bit. He's nearly 60. <laughs> <laughs> we got a message.
0: Actually. Did you shit in a bed or something?
1: <laughs> oh, fuck it. Not shit in a bed, no. This is a. We used to go away pre season to Sweden a lot and Finland and all that. That was John's way. And it was boring as well. It was a lot of traveling. Anyway, you know what? The, know what the lads are like. They all take you know the banter and things like that. And right opposite our room. Alvin room with Tony Gale, and like well into like I think we were all out there for three weeks, and everyone's bored, getting on each other's nerves. So we get back after training the second session, and we go into <laughs> our room because all the do- we had up the, the whole landing, all the doors were open. Oh, you're in Sweden. going to, go to happen. It's not as if it's in fucking Liverpool, is it? So we get the And they've, they've, well, we thought, someone's trashed our room, you know, toothpaste everywhere, shaving foam, not like fucking big kids, toilet roll everywhere (laughs) and all that. And I knew it was Gailey and Alan. So I went, it took us fucking ages to, you know, get it all. So I went, listen, I'll get them back tomorrow. uh, Frank said, what are you going to do with man? I said, you just hang on in the morning. I said, i will think of something. So in the morning, I said, don't have a number two, Frank. Went, what are you on about? You wee prick. I said, don't have a number two. I let them fuck off first downstairs. Anyway, I went, come on, we're going down. So I ran into their room and underneath the desk was a little paper basket. So I went, to put loads of toilet roll in the bottom of the basket I just got Ooh. over it. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm having a shit in here. He went, you, you horrible little, <laughs> and you are as well. <laughs> He went, I'm not. I said, You fucking asshole I went, I'll scroll nuggets out. i it like that. Next, he <laughs> went, Frank, He said, I can't believe I'm doing this. I said, You know what they've done to our room yesterday? Fucking have a shit, will you? So he said, So put all the toilet roll on the top, back on the top, put it under the fucking desk. Right. We went to signing first session. So thanks, going, Alvin's gonna fucking kill you. I said, oh, I'm not bothered. Let's see what happens. Like, so. I'm passing the ball to Frank and, and he's giving me a ball I said that's a shit pass that Frank <laughs> just all innuendos like this <laughs> anyway, I was dead brave We went training finished the thought fucking hell I'd better get up there and then get in that fucking room so I said come on Frank let's get into the room so got into the room and I'm on my bed and then I heard him them coming in so I left the door open and as they walked in <laughs> Alvin Alvin sh- 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 shouts to Gailey, Gailey, have you farted <laughs> <laughs> have you farted it fucking stinks in there. and the went no fucking happens <laughs> And he goes, you fucking have, it. it stinks, you smelly bastard. And he went, open the windows, so they've opened the windows like that. Because <laughs> it was it's in this, I know Sweden, it was in the summer and it was quite warm and the fucking smell. So he goes, he said, fucking hell, it does stink, this is gaily. He said, just have a look at that, just go and have a look at the drains in the toilets if it's that. So they are gone in there, flushing the toilet. No, it doesn't even smell in here. Fucking hell. Me and Frank are like this, laughing our heads off on that thing. So they haven't even looked in the waste paper baskets the two fucking the Thirds. And I said, I can't stand this anymore. I'm <laughs> the manager. <laughs> so he goes, I'll oh, can I speak to the manager, please? There's a terrible spell And i himself, you better shut that door now before they come up. I said, let's leave it for a bit. Anyway, big entourage comes up. They're all in the room. And I go and shut the door. Next minute must have found it. <laughs> bang, 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 <laughs> the door. He said, don't ever come out that fucking room. I'm going to kill you, you little bastard. I've you your manager oh finding God. it. I think
2: we've, <laughs> <laughs> we've done the sourcing problem, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: <my laughs> two God. big turns in, <laughs> bed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the excrement of
1: two people, man. Can you explain that? I He said, you used to call me a little shit." I said, oh, <laughs> Oh, Some of the things you used to get up to. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what was Julian Dix like?
1: Julian, oh, what a play! You know, I, I will say this: uh, he he arrived the season after we finished third, and the biggest uh, compliment to him is if he'd have played in that eighty-six side, we, we wouldn't have won the league. Would have pissed it because he yeah. was he could always chip in with goals. Uh, he was creative. I always laughed laugh with him because uh, obviously when he joined the club, it was very he was kicking everyone in training. Because he was a left back and I was a right winger, so when when he's done it to me, there's only one thing was going to happen, and he was fucking it started fighting with me, and because uh, he was out of order, you know what I mean. It was like to me, you don't do that to your teammates. Because some of the uh, some of the tackles were like reckless, you know. But so he was just trying to make a mark for himself, the, and and uh, I just you know re- retaliated because I had to, and then so this is the great manager, John. So we get sent in and we're in his office and we stood there. You've had a ban. you've had a scrap. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, uh, I've got a problem here. <clears throat> and this is why I always think managers are either great or, you know, just mediocre, but he could s- sort any situation out. And he went, Two of my best players, he said, uh, Someone's leg's going to be broken, isn't it? And Julian, well, it's not, this is Julian, this is well, it's not me, is it? I said, Well, I never ever went over the top or, you know what I mean? I just looked at him like that. I said, well, I've solved that problem. From now on, you've got to be in the same team in training. I thought, well, I'll settle for that. Like, and as we're going out the room, we said, "Oh no, come back." So we stood there. He said, "And you're rooming together, learn to love each other, boys, and all like that." So I thought, "Oh, fucking hell!" <laughs> and for the first couple of games, playing away, it was hard work. It, it Just attention to start... their personality. Yeah, ones. fucking hell, bent with an iron, and everything. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you he not use it. Or no, you no, you're ironing your shirt before the game. So I'm up the shower. He's on the ironing. He's on the island board first. And I've, I've walked past. As I've walked past him like that, I've got the towel like that. He's just gone <laughs> before the game. Fucking nearly stuck to me ass, <laughs> ah, screaming like a baby. Home oh, alone, laughing, laughing his head off. He was. But you were getting on. Well, or was it still frosty? It was still frosty, like fucking frosty, yeah. fraud. But I was a bit more mellow than him. I got loads of chocolate buttons, right. I put them underneath his sheet, you know, all in the bed, right? And then, so we, he'd been asleep, you know, in the night. So all the heat and all that, and he, so he woke up and thought he'd shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Julian, we we learned to, uh, you know, still see him now and <clears throat> learn to love each other in in, in that aspect. So but you did he, did yeah, come. yeah, we got on. Yeah, <laughs> I always like he played for Liverpool and I was playing for Everton, and uh, he just signed in a derby game and. Uh, like I knew everything about his game and Julian was great on the ball. He was he was hard as nails, but he didn't have much pace. And uh, I always knew, it. you know, on my day, I'd absolutely destroy him. So I was in the tunnel and the major side of derby is like, it's my game, isn't it? And I went up to him and I would just like, root someone said, I'm going to fucking destroy you today. And I could, it's just sign for Liverpool. And it's like, he was always dead confident and I thought, I've got him. Got him. And uh, I scored. You might remember mm. my goal. I scored and Grobola and McMahon started yeah. to fight. Yeah. Everyone remembers the fight and not the goal, but <laughs> <laughs> so but Julian was marking me that day and I remember he hit a shot from 30 yards and never done a great save. It was in like the top corner, but we absolutely cottage scored the second and we we, we muddled them like. But I always say I always say to Julian, listen, I'd sort of play against you every week. So <laughs> <laughs> Great play though.
0: So what look, five years at West Ham, obviously there was a relegation in there as well.
1: There was yeah. At uh, the first time I got an agent was that that was the very first Dennis Roach and uh, he was at Oddle's agent and there was and I wanted to to leave because I told him that uh, and <laughs> he wanted to keep me and I was up the team and he asked me uh, to go up to Villa. I said if I get up there, I said you got to promise me that you put me on the on the transfer list and he <clears> he said it and uh, got up there and he just got me outside and talked to me like a piece of shit and didn't even put me on the bench. And uh, I went to the PFA. So have you had Eated heated arguments? Yeah, all the time, yeah. All the players did. No, he was just... He, he couldn't... When you're that sort of person and there's so many players that didn't want him there, you know what I mean? So he didn't have a leg to stand on. But... And he wasn't getting the results either. But uh, Mick Maguire, who had played with it Oldham, remember Mick Maguire, he, he doesn't work for the PFA anymore, but... I was quite close to him, so I told him and he, and he got a meeting up in the uh, up in London, Lancaster Gate. I was put on the transfer list, but it, it, I had to go through loads of loopholes to, for it to happen. And then what happened was, um, John Toshak, uh, the great manager at Rail Associate he wanted to sign me and uh, never thought about playing abroad, to be honest, you know. And, uh, you know, it was, all, it was over Christmas time and they had a bit of a break. I'm thinking I'm going, you know, I'm going. Next minute I get a phone call, eleven o'clock at night, and it was Peter Reed. And he said, I've got someone to talk to. And he said, uh, he passed the phone and it was uh, he said, I always remember it. And hello Mark. I said, yeah, speaking. He went, Howard Kendall. He said, Don't go to Spain, son, it's shit. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I've just come back. Howard, Howard had been managing Athletic Old Bill Bower. Yeah. He'd left Everton to go there. <laughs> totally Don't Yeah, that, that was Howard. And the, I thought, <laughs> and like, Howard was one of my dad's heroes, and you know, all for what he won at Everton in the 80s. And I thought, he just took over City, and City were nine points adrift at the bottom. He said, Listen, son, I need a team full of scousers to keep these up. That's what he said. He said, They're dead and buried. He said, They've got some good young lads. He said, But I can't gamble. He said, and Reedy said, You're the best right sided player. He said, So come and speak to me tomorrow. So I went up with me missus, and uh, it was the day after Boxing Day. And it was <coughs> sort of club, main road, a big place, wasn't it? It was shut in there. Get into the boardroom, and Emma Reedy'd be making sarnies. And this was Howard. This was straight away he goes, What would you like to drink, love? To Jane. And she went, I'll have a quinceau, lime, and soda. He said, Make, them t- make that two, Reedy. haven't tried <laughs> on it, <of> them. <laughs> <laughs> Was avid You know what I mean. So we sat there, <laughs> sat there for two hours, and I thought, I just want to, I just want to play for this man because I knew how good he was, and uh, and you know what, what a job he did. I've been to City; they've invited me back, and I get up and I say, "Listen, you're you're lots of Kendall," I said, because not many managers would have took over even at Christmas nine points adrift and mm. they kept them up. Yeah, he was brilliant as a coach; he was fantastic.
2: Did Quinny, uh like a pint back then, Niall Quinn?
1: Oh, Niall, oh, what a player. You know, I remember Liam Brady saying to me, Liam lived in... I lived in Loughton and Liam lived in Chigwell and our daughters went to school together, so go I'd go round his for the pasta and fucking nice glass of Italian wine and really respected him. What a player. Um, but oh, I forgot the question, sorry. <laughs> 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 fucking strong beer, that's all. it? 16%. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> you
2: better fucking edit that one. Talking pizza, fine red wine. Uh, yeah. I forgot the fucking
1: question.
2: I'm starving. <laughs> oh
1: God. How about Quinny? Oh, Nile, no, yeah. I ended up rooming with Quinny. Fucking hell. But I would. Uh... Why did it. Oh, yeah, it was Liam. Liam played in their Arsenal. So, Liam used to say to me, Why doesn't John buy fucking Quinny? Because he gets in the team, does really well, and then he's not even in the squad because Arsenal had a big squad. <clears throat> Which I used to think, Big now, Quinn, a big, you know, fucking, just a big target, man. And Howard signs him for 900 grand. So, all our, this is how good Howard was, all our training evolved around the big fella. So, it was all like little touches and thing, getting his touch and. And, like I've never seen a player improve so much in six months than Niall Quinn. He was unbel, he wasn't the player that he was, and then six months later he was unbelievable. And uh, he speaks speaks highly of Howard, but it's like as a wide man, you know, he put the ball in the box. Fucking hell, phenomenal one. He? he was unbelievable.
2: He makes you look better, doesn't he? <sighs> if you score him
1: from your you just, crosses. You don't in. have to pick him out. You just <clears> put <throat> it into the area. And I, I remember uh, this is a funny story. But really takes over from Howard. I goes back to Everton and I'm absolutely devastated. And we, you know, we work on set pieces and I was on the penalties at the time. And like that, um, I did brought himself on for me in a game. He was a sub and like, I was unhappy and I wouldn't shake his hand. It was a famous game because Niall Quinn had scored against Derby, right? And then in the second half, saved the penalty because he had to go in goal. Tony oh, Cole yeah. got sent off. So he scored and saved the penalty in the game. And I used to take five penalties after training against Quinny because he was a good athlete and he's so big. He went the right way. He'd say, you know, he had a great chance of saving it. So if I scored five, he owed me a tenner. He had to save one. And I always remember Dean Saunders got the ball. One on up and I went, go on you Welsh bastard. Fucking missing, screaming at him and all that. And I said, go on Quinny, go the right way lad, he'll save it. And he, Buried it in the bottom corner, he's tipped it around the post. So we're down to 10 men, and I'm really just old, just old in midfield. And I tried to nick a ball. And he went through, and nearly scored, and he's going, jumping up and down. He went, You little cons, I'll fucking kill you and all that. I went, Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, he just me numbers up. So, and I'm having a great game. So he puts his hand out, and I'll just fucking go right past him. You know, the fucking bucket with the water and the sponge. I go up to them, go, Fuck off. And I kicked it that hard, right? The bucket come up my leg. So my foot's <laughs> gone right through the bucket. So, <laughs> I've my cob up. on. I <laughs> <taken> out, <yeah. laughs> it was the funniest thing. <laughs> it. Well, it wasn't at the time. I was raiding, so I couldn't get the. I just had to walk up here with the bucket on my leg. <laughs> so, I get into the tunnel area and I fucking the stewards like that. I said, "Get that off me foot, will you?" Put the bucket off my foot. So, I jump in, get in the shower and I'm in the middle of the bar, and this kid goes, "The gaffer wants you." Yeah? I said. Oh God, i off the him on Monday morning, so Monday morning, terrified. Going about 10 miles an hour, driving into Manchester, thinking, fucking hell. <laughs> she had the temper reading, I thought. And when I think about it, I was out of order, so stayed in his office and I walk in and I start smiling. He goes, what are you smiling at? He said, I've had to fucking apologise to every consultant around the fucking pitch. You soaked the copper and of the stadium. He said, the water went everywhere. He said, I'm finding you two weeks' wages. And I just sat there like that and grinned. And what, take that grin off your face, play like in the headmaster. But big Sam Ellis, remember it, Sam? Yeah. Big Sam, it was speedy really sidekick. The, the sister, out, he went, he went, fucking hell gaffer. He's been your best player. He said, you can't do that for him. He said, I'll have 500 pound off you and I want it tomorrow. Bring it in tomorrow. He said, I'll put it in the players pool. So I just walked out and no, I never give it him did I? so he's asking for this five hundred <laughs> quid for fucking weeks and weeks. <laughs> no, it's fine. Fa- I can't draw it out. I'll, I'll have to ask me misses on all, all, all that shit like that. So anyway, we played Liverpool, we're one 0 down, and uh, I would scored like eight out of eight, eight out of eight penalties up to now. In off the post, I was like fucking Tyson with death, like. But he used to bury them. Anyway, he goes, we get a penalty. So I put the ball down on the spot. This is at Anfield. So he comes behind me and he just took over the manager. It's a big result if we win it. Or... And he goes, "Don't fucking miss the target, you little cons." So we used to score. <laughs> I went double or quit on that five hundred quid. <laughs> he went, "Yeah, all right then. Just make sure you score." So I thought, "Fucking hell, put the ball down." I thought, "So oh, it's a grand, isn't it? Or not. <laughs> And I thought, "Fucking hell, what are you doing to yourself here?" <laughs> but I just thought, "I'm going to hit this ball as hard as a bit of ball. I hit it." And it didn't go in the corner, but he hit it, it was like that. Next minute, just grab out just went. It just went, fucking went past his hand that, that, that quick. And then, so I was made up with myself then. <laughs> and then with a couple of, well, a minute to go, they score and then we get a corner and I sprint over. The ball boy wouldn't give me the ball and I fucking grabbed it off him and I put it down and it didn't even look, I just swung. I just knew where it was going and I put it right onto the penalty spot and Quinnie just went, fuck off. And went right in the top corner. We drew two each, which was a great result for us at the time because Liverpool were the top dogs, you know. So far, but uh, Niall was just a great striker to to play with, unbelievable.
0: I bet you were over at moon when you heard Everton were in. It
1: was just like a dream come true. I always remember it was in Cork with Man City pre-season, and uh, I'd gone. We got a day off. I was meeting all the lads in the booze at opposite for have me Guinness and a bet, like a bet on the horses and that. So went over the bridge, got me Guinness, and just about to pick it up and Big Sam. Stops me and he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm having a pint. He said, no, you've got to go back to see the gaffer. I said, fuck off, Sam. I said, you're just saying that for me to walk all the way back to the hotel. I <laughs> <to> said, <laughs> and take the piss. He went, little fella, I'm telling you, he's got some news for you. So you'd always think could be something to do with the family or whatever. And I went, you winding me up, Sam. He said, well, he didn't say nothing. He just picked me Guinness up and went, and necked it in one and put it down. And then I knew that was, he was serious because me and Sam got on really well. He said, Go on, do yourself a favour. So, trudged over the bridge, got to read his room, knocked on the door, and he, he just got up the shower and he went, Come in. He went, Get on the next plane to Liverpool. You're signing for your, for your dad again, in an hour. I just went, I fucking started to, like, it was just like, you know, it, I'd been there since as a baby. And for them words to come out of his mouth, I, I just, I nearly broke down, to be honest. And part of the deal was Alan Harper going back to heaven as well, he said, and, and take your fucking mate with you as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we couldn't, uh, we couldn't fly out. There was no flights. So I, went, I got on great, especially all the young city lads, mm. uh, David White I still see and Paul Lake. So we all had a good bevy, and and uh, I would pick us up the next day at uh, Liverpool Airport.
0: Do you feel like it were a, a chance to prove as well, like that, that opportunity?
1: <clears throat> I think so. Second coming. <laughs> You know what, when I signed for Man City because of Howard Kendall and then, you know, he was only there just under 18 months and then he said he said to me, it's the only club he'd have left City for because he was Everton, Everton's in yeah. his DNA, it's like Tony Book. You know, he stood in front of us all and said, Tony Book's Man City and I'm Everton, I didn't expect this. And it, like, I was devastated because I thought, but I just had to get on with it. And then I heard on the grapevine that Howard was, was going to, Sign, sign me, but you just don't know, mm. do you? Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know, he said to me, "He said I'm playing it on the left hand side." He said because I've got a world class player on the right, uh, Robert Waziska, the, the Polish lad. And uh, I said I'll play anywhere for Everton. And, and uh, I remember played my debut was away against Forest, and Stuart Pearce was marking me, oh, <laughs> fucking kicked me fucking up and down Dale again, and I was injured. I finished the game because I didn't want to miss playing on the Tuesday night against the Arsenal, the champions, they, they, they become the champions. Remember they, they, they beat Liverpool in mm-hmm. the last game of the season. I thought if I go in for treatment, I'm going to jeopardise my spot mm-hmm. and uh, putting ice on my leg and all that. Like, and I thought, am I being stupid? You know what I mean? Well, I could make my own debut what I've been waiting for. And like this could hinder me and I could play bad. And I thought, I just took the chance and... I was playing the left side and I always remember like, we've got that Zed Cars music everything. and it, it's like not the greatest anthem, but when you had an Evertonian, it was like I was in the tunnel. And uh, I remember th- thinking to myself, like Howard said to me, you're playing against Lee Dixon, don't go down the left because you can't. Come inside, link up and pull the trigger. I just thought, I said, you, you know, you waited this for this opportunity since you was a you know kid. And I didn't think about, they let you go and all that. Like, I just wanted to play as well as I could. And I knew we were up against it because they they were a great side. And I come inside after about 20 minutes, linked up, once with Beasley and and hit it first time. They went right to the top corner, beat Seaman, 25 yards. It was just like, just, you know. Not get any better than that? No. It's the greatest game of football I've ever played. And like, as I was coming out, every hair on my body stood up. It just like the adrenaline was just like pumping it was unbelievable and emotional it was just, of oh, course. <laughs> yeah I mean dad had died Chris about a year before so we'd see me play for West and City and it was a massive Evertonian and I always say that night like, he was there for me in spirit because I scored one in the second half as well a free kick that was a little bit lucky just whiffed underneath the wall and uh, you know, I think he was there to blowing them goals in for me. But, uh, you know, I'll never forget that game of football because it was, to me, it was just, uh, it was unreal. I, you know, I've scored against Liverpool in the derby and got mad at the match at Wembley, but nothing could beat that, ever.
0: We've got a new uh, uh, sponsor, I believe. Yes, uh, Charles Tira. Charles Tira. yes. they provide oh. provided us some uh, lovely clobber. The fashion, a, the, the fashion
2: guru. Very, very good gear as well. Yeah. They're tailored to your, to your measurements, aren't they? That's what I liked about it, Chris, because when yeah. I'm buying stuff, not, there's one department that normally lets us down, whether it's the short sleeves are too short or the, the collar's too tight. You send your measurements through and everything just fit like a glove. The center's the um, it's, it's new, new shirt this season, the Ludgate in sky oh. blue. And it's one of my favourite shirts. Straight in, straight in the top three. Is it really? Yeah, for fit. I like the colour. Um, you can dress it up, you can dress it down. The centre's um, a zip-up, almost cashmere-like uh, fleece, and you can wear it, put that over the top and you can go to any occasion.
0: Happy oh, lock up your daughters in
2: Leeds. <laughs> well, and, your, and your grandmas. So just like I next say massive thank you to Got One for, for doing the, the advert for us there. Thank you very much, Got <laughs> Sorry Chris, it wasn't cash mate. it was merino wool
0: Merino um, you wool know a- Merino wool keeps you, c- keeps you hot and cool, no matter what the temperature
2: Yep, yeah, exactly
0: And there's a discount, as always They're providing us with an-, an exclusive introductory offer to our listeners You can enjoy shirts and polos for only 24 95 and knitwear from $29.95 with six months guaranteed free returns. All you've got to do is simply use the code COST24. Get yourself to .com, or this is a, an
2: exceptional boost, get yourself in store. So you can go in store, you can get fitted up yourself, give them these sizes whatever. Just tell him at the till, cost 24. Just tell him at the, yeah, hand over, hand yeah. it over, Whispering, in his ear, sweet nothings, cost 24. Biggin'. It's almost like having a little bit of something up your sleeve, isn't it? up your new shirt sleeve. Puts it through the till. Uh, that'll be uh, seventy nine ninety nine, sir. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, nope. gosh. No. Nope. Cost twenty four, bigun. Cost twenty four. You'd
0: get a that shake a little shake that's... of a finger from me. No, no, yeah. no. No, 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 sir. No, get that's down. on. So get, got... get on over to the website or get get in the store and use the code cost twenty four and get your discount now. CharlesTyrret.com. Uh, the there's someone with, with Neville Southall,
1: like five sides. He was brilliant, Nev. My first, I always remember, you know, shooting practice against Neville Southall, can't get any better than that. Knock the ball into Howard, he knocks it off, and he wants watch a nice crisp shot. Ian Snodden, snods. he's behind me. So sets me up fucking big time, he goes, but you can't chip Nev. So I so said, I bet you the tenor. So I fucking up the ball into our He knocks it back. And as, as i run up, I just stop. Dink goes right in the top corner, like that, made up of myself, turned around and all the lads are looking down on the ground <laughs> like that. And I turn around that way. A fucking Neb is running towards me <laughs> to fucking run me up. So I, I fucking start running up the pitch, <laughs> don't I? And he, he's just running after me. He's, he's, he's led me one lap. And then we're on the second lap then. The training ground is fucking <laughs> huge. He's I going you better stop now because I'm going to follow you at home if you don't. <laughs> I said, oh, what's wrong with him? I, I had a long sign, so I didn't know what it was all about, you know. And I was saying, shouting, don't hurt him, Nev. He's got a game on Saturday and all that like. And I'm thinking, "Fucking you know? it. So the third lap goes and I'm thinking, but I'm making it worse for myself. He's never going to catch me, is he? And as he's going, that, I'm going, way! Like, I'm nearly, like nearly getting me. i going, way! And all the lads go, way! <laughs> He's going, well, you better fucking stop now. I'm going to kill you. And I'm going, oh, my God, what have I done? So going on to the fourth the lap, I think to myself, I'm to have to take my medicine here. Anyway, stop. I, I weighed about 10 stone when I was playing. And <laughs> he just picked me up like that. Where's swear to God, and just threw me on the ground. Started standing on me like that. Everyone's <laughs> grabbing him off. Nobody chips, Nev. I was like that on the floor. I had all fucking scars on me from fucking these studs. And I said to Snods, thanks very much, Snods. <laughs> <laughs> Stitched me right up. <laughs> No, but no.
2: As if he it describes himself as never.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how long were you at, Everton? Signed in 90, the first season of the premiership was 91, wasn't it? I think? Yeah. 92. Of there till 94. And you know what? We beat United three away from home. You know, I always look at uh, the best coaches and the managers, and obviously it was Howard and uh, John Lyle. And like just sums them up, where he, you know, the opposition, a little insight to how we were playing... United at Old Trafford. <clears throat> and I was all right-footed, and Alan Harper was all right-footed. And he said, right, Chelsea was on fire. He said, right, we worked at it. He said, I want to play your left side, Mark, and, I'll, and, and Alan behind you. He said, because the Russian, all he does, he just wants to come inside. He just never goes outside. So we'll just come inside and show him. Just, just just, give him a big... Just say to oh, him, go man. down there. Let him go down there. He said, and when you can, you bite. And then... Alan, and if he does come inside, we're tackling on our good foot then, aren't we? On Because we're all strong on the right. The game starts and like, I just come across his body and it, like you know, dead obvious. And he starts running and it, he never used to cross the ball in Chelsea. So he'd go and he'd come back on himself and then I was nicking the ball and we were away then. And he got took off after 20 minutes and we beat them 3-0. And I always say, you know, things like that makes a difference. Man. Yeah, little, thing, little things. Yeah. They refer to him as the Russian as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I
0: <try> to go. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian. <laughs> so when it came to leaving, it was it. Did
1: you want to go? Did it? Was it time? Well, you know, you make decisions in your life, and I thought Mike Walker took over, and the only thing we had in, in common was our initials, you know, uh, and like the great managers before him. Everyone knows where the gaffer parks his car and Belfields. I don't know if you've ever been there, so it was a beautiful train. It was the first training complex built in the 60s. Beautiful. We used to have a little strip of grass that was only used in March called Wembley, so it was left there and it was the uh, pictures were immaculate. Um, I don't know, just that you think, you know, sometimes like I, I look back and how lucky I was, you know what I mean? playing play there especially at Belfield it was just a fantastic training ground what, is your, what, is your, what was the
0: question this <laughs> uh, is from This I could see that
1: one coming at the table yeah. and, uh, I forgot you know. what we're talking about from this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when it came, came to leaving
1: well, it... I had no option because obviously Mike Walker that's why I fucking forgot everything uh, yeah he, he 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 come on this success of Norwich winning the game against Bayern Munich and job was too big for him you know what I mean and yeah. the, the day he was putting MW on the car park well he wasn't it was the ground staff and like Howard had parked his car there uh, Harry Katz had won championships you know all the great managers so and I thought he had an ego you see and it was always yeah. too the, the club was too big for him he was never there he was always there at the end of training he used to come and watch the training so to me it was a manager that I couldn't be late to and, uh, so I pulled a card in this day and I seen M W and I thought, fuck that, that's for me, isn't it? It's my my <laughs> muscles, yeah. All the lads are going, you won't leave it there. I want to fucking wheel. I said, I said, by the time I finished training, he won't, he'll be just coming in, so we can share this, you know, <laughs> share this car, car space. So anyway, he comes in early. He must be looking for his M W on the floor. Anyway, I get summoned off the training ground. So I'm up in his office and he's sits and he goes, "You've got a terrible attitude, you son." I said, you're a terrible fucking manager. <laughs> he said, move your car. I said, you haven't got any sense of humour. And uh, that was it then. I'd scored in the derby against Liverpool the previous season and uh, he never put me in the squad to play against Liverpool. So I just knew my me, me, me time was up there. But uh, I, I knew it wouldn't last long, but I just wanted to play football. Mm. How
0: hey, old were you at this point?
1: I think it was about 31 then. Right. Yeah, so I ended up... Uh, I still had a year left on my contract... And it was, I think it was ten games to go, and uh, Birmingham wanted me to go there on loan. They were they were struggling at the bottom of the second division. Did You, you go
2: play, play a coach? Did
0: you?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. Eventually? Well, not, not I went on loan originally, and uh, I remember uh, David Sullivan ringing me up and he said, "Listen, we're we're relegated." He said, "Just come and and uh, enjoy the season to the end because they have got to pay your wages." And I said, "What if we keep you up?" He said, "Well, it's seventy-five grand." He said, "But." I know I won't be paying you that mark. I said, "Well, you never know." And uh, they hadn't won for three months, and we played middles, but I took the piss. We beat them three 0 and out of the ten games, we won eight, drew one, and lost one. Missed staying up by one goal. Oh, so okay. and I'd done a, you know, I'd made a, a difference there, and he offered me the, the player coach's job, Sullivan, and I said, "What about Barry?" He said, "Never mind about Barry." <laughs> he said, "I want you there." How did you get on with Barry for right? <laughs> Well, it was, Barry he was, he went, fucking hell, Would he just come down and show these cunts how to play football and all that? Like, because he remembered he remember me from, when he, I was at Northridge, he was at Barnet, as a manager, and like, he remembered me from all them days, so, anyway, he said, no, I said, no, if I'm coming, I'm coming as the coach. I said, so, he said, oh, I've got a problem. I said, well, listen, that's the, that's the deal. And anyway, he had to drop one of his coaches down, but they obviously got relegated then and uh, I had a squad of about 58 players. He was fucking doing a deal every other week, wasn't he? And that was like Piccadilly Circus. It <laughs> was unbelievable, honestly. Just, and I had to like deal with all that. But after six weeks, I was dead popular with the lads, you see, and he got a bit insecure. And he, Karen, Karen Brady comes to me and she says, Mark, I've got a problem. So we're going to be, a meet, there's going to be a meeting in a minute. I said, and Barry's going to accuse her of trying to take his job. I went, oh, fucking hell. So uh, I didn't have any time to, 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 you know what I mean? Next minute, I walk into the room and there's it's physio, his chief scout, there's two coaches in him. She's behind the desk. And, there, and you know, when you're a th- little on his own, I'm thinking, fuck, I know, what have we done here? I wasn't trying to get his job. I think it was him just being a bit insecure. <clears throat> and I kind going of went, who's going who's gonna to start this? He jumped up. Dark cons you're trying to take my fucking job you fucking this that and the other I just sit down dickhead fucking not trying to take your job at all <laughs> anyway he's screaming and shouting Barry's one of them people who just likes to hear his voice you know what I mean so he sat down and she got everyone dead quiet and she went to uh, the physio how many games have you played in the Premier League he went none Until to Lil Fuchillo, the chief scout. how many games have you played in the Premier League he went none David Howells his coach how many games have you played in the Premier League none Edwin Steen how many games have you played in the Premier League? None. And as he went to go to Barry, how many games? He went, that's not the fucking point. Just fucking <laughs> kicked, out, kicked off again. Just like kicked the waste paper basket and everything. <laughs> and she went, Barry, that is the point. He's been there where you haven't been. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's where we want to go. Uh, so you just all have to get on. And to be honest, we, I played in nearly every game and went to Wembley and we won that in the auto windscreens thing. And, so it was a su- successful season, but I knew my time was up. Really.
0: After you left Birmingham,
1: did you you went to a few clubs? At Uddersfield, Wigan. Yeah, the little spell at Uddersfield, and then I went to Wigan. brought my hand at Wigan. Did you take big... a cast off at Dundee or something? No, what I'd done, I done? The outside bone on my hand uh, was having a bit of a fucking. I always pick on the biggest ones, don't I? fellow called John Gittings, big centre half, and he fucking done me. But as he done, as he as he got up, he stood on me and I split that bone. So I, I had an operation, and then. Uh, the, the club said, Listen, we're not, you know, we're after a young squad. So it was more of a saying, like, you know, you're desperate to still play, aren't you? And just out the blue, Dundee rang me up and said, Do you want to play? It's two grand and all that. Like, so I went, oh. and he had wires put there. So what i done, I cut the wires off and just bandaged it up and drove up there. We had a left back years ago at West Ham called Tommy McQueen, and I didn't even know any of the players. So when I, when I got there, he went, Wee man. So I went to shake hands with him. And obviously, when he shook that, he's fucking he shook me hand that hard. The, the wires had gone further into my hand. But he, he screamed, he went, Ah, oh, what the fuck's that? <laughs> I said, Don't say no, I've got wires in my hand. <laughs> I said, fucking hell. He went, you're fucking mad. Anyway, I trained <clears throat> and uh, that night in the hotel, my fucking arm. Oh, I was fucking raging, red hot. And I, I played in the game and I was I played the whole game and I was just like I thought, fucking hell, my arm's gonna drop off. But, but I got paid the dough and then. I remember driving home and all this, red, it was like so red and it was just, just past my elbow. I thought, so I halfway almost driving out, out, my arm out the window to cool it down. Got back to Liverpool and it just shows you, if I hadn't gone to the hospital, it had gone up, oh, I had uh, septic uh, blood poisoning, didn't I? Because of, of all that. Oh, so I was in the hospital for 10 days and he lost my arm. And then I think, at that stage, you think, how desperate can you be, you know what I mean, to play a game of football? Yeah, yeah. I was lucky, really. Mm. Re- really lucky. If it had gone through and my arm into my organs, I'd have been finished.
2: What are you doing now then, mate? You're, you're down south?
1: Now, yeah, obviously working for Capital. Um, Phil, my boss, met Phil at a couple of events years ago and uh, he always said if he was moving back down here, he'd give me an opportunity. And I've been here, like, what, 18 months now, so... And before the COVID, I was doing really well with all my events. You know, hosting events before West Ham games, West Ham way pre-match events, and still doing after dinner stuff. So, I'm lucky enough to have played in you know a lot of the top clubs in the country. Whether it's Manchester, Liverpool, London, or Birmingham. So, if there's anyone out there who wants to, an after dinner speaker, you know, in available to speak to.
0: So, your events were you putting on with other other West Ham players and other. Other players in general.
1: Yeah, the lads look after each other and like, I get an ex-player with me, uh, you know, before the the games, you know, from every background, you know what I mean? It's like recent players to like players who played in the 70s and 80s. And it's a great response because the fans come to listen to the stories. uh, And on the other hand, you know, I'm with Alvin in a couple of weeks' time up in the city uh, for the dinner that was supposed to have happened at Christmas. No one's asked for the money back, and it's just like we're having another like, it's like a Christmas, Christmas dinner in May. Yeah. So, and that's a that's a lot of the uh, like I know Aussie or dealers will be there, and the like say Kerry Dixon. So you know, it's not just the, West Ham. No, these are just you know, it's all. It's, so this is like a business lunch, but these have been going on for for ages. But the West Ham crowd, I've got some coming up in Dartford and and Rayleigh and all all through Essex because it's a big West Ham area.
0: so, if any West Ham fans are interested. So yeah, just get go? me on
1: the, you know, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter and, and that's all. And all the details yeah, are yeah. on there. But uh, I miss doing them because of the COVID has, you know, it's shut a lot of things down and, you know, we'll be busy and just let's hope it stays away and we can uh, all enjoy that's ourselves. Yeah. On,
2: yeah. No, I enjoyed that, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you yeah, very much right for coming, coming on.
1: To, yeah, yeah. Brilliant,
0: mate. great story thanks. and uh, thanks for,
2: for sharing and it with listen- us.